spring time this year. I want to see if we are, uh, you know, visiting you guys. Because I know it's time. It's time for me to, you know, to, for me to go to Chicago. don't know um, we have a podcast we're at closing on 100 episodes show 98, show 98. Um, for one our 100th show we will have because you know I got breaking news here at club 400 for our 100th show and I'm not gonna be easy on them either guys I'm gonna be tough on them I'm gonna be real I'm gonna keep it real by the way you haven't met Tom Ricketts yet have you so I, I met him in the uh, like the little clubhouse where we walk in, and he goes, "Hey Patrick, nice to meet you." You know, just chatting me up, and he left. And then I asked someone next to me, "I'm like, who was that?" You're like, "Who was that dork?" I was like, "Yo, this guy knows everything about me. I don't even know you." And he was like, uh, "That's that's Tom Ricketts, the owner." I said, "Oh, whoops." Our 100 podcast will be Tom Ricketts. Please submit your questions. All right. We won't be easy on them, but uh, we do love them, so we're not going to be rough on them. But. Yeah, he actually told me. Um, one, one thing I found interesting, Johnny kind of knows this, and we'll start the show here in a minute, 
is that like there's different tiers of security, like not different tiers of access because of everything that's been going on in the last year. So there's tier one, tier two, tier three, tier four, tier five. Johnny's in tier three, I think. Obviously, Patrick's in tier one, but Tom said, like, if he took, because you're only allowed to have so many people in those tiers, he said if he took a t one of those people's spot, it might have been a trainer or something like that. So he stayed out of the clubhouse for the last two and a half years, basically. He hasn't been allowed to go down there with players down there and stuff. So, All right, let's kick it off. The Club for Heart podcast is on the air, and we are live at Club 400 for our annual Christmas party. Stewie D, we have an amazing guest tonight, Mr. Patrick Wisdom. Good old number 16, third baseman of your Chicago Cubs. All I have to ask, my first question to Patrick is this. Have you ever been to a St. Louis Cardinals man cave this cool or what? Uh, no. I didn't think we were going to talk about the Cardinals already, but since we are a follow-up question, is St. Louis boring? So, uh, I know the backlash that KB got from that. Uh, I'm going to say no comment. Uh, we're not going to go through this BS all night. You're not going to do no comment all night, right? No, I have uh, my... You'll answer some questions? Yeah, all I have right. my limit, but that one's a no comment for sure. I mean, we're here at Club for Hunter now. We're going to take a lot of questions tonight. We're going to take yeah. questions. Think of them now. So, uh, but I want to ask Patrick, like... Um, you signed with the Cubs in January 2021, right? Is that when you signed with the Cubs? Uh, it was in August of 2020. August of 2020, okay. So I got DFA'd by the Mariners. I took my release. Um, there's like a rule if you're in the league long enough, you can take your release. I did that. The Cubs called, and I was like, yeah, sure. So I went to South Bend, the uh, alternate site. I didn't know a soul other than the coaches because I played against Iowa for so many years in Memphis. And then the last two days of the season, I got called up. And then I re-signed with them in, what, December of 2020 again. So, yeah. When you signed with the Cubs, did you realize that you're going to take KB's place? I mean, it's amazing. I don't know. I know. I, I, yeah. I, I don't know if I necessarily took his spot because he was always in the lineup. And he was just so versatile. And he could play anywhere, which... It's so cool. And I played against him in college, and I knew what he was capable of then. Um, yeah, he played at USD. I played at St. Mary's, WCC. Um, he always hit homers against us. No, I mean, no, nothing's changed with him. So, um, so yeah, it was just awesome that, like, I was able to fit in, and he was able to continue his success. So, speaking of St. Mary's, um, oh, shout out to St. Mary's. All right. I love it. Go Gales. Let's go. Oh, Gales? Yeah, the Gales. Oh, I also went to St. Mary's College. The Gales. But you went to the poor man, St. Mary's College. I went to St. Mary's in Minnesota. I believe you went in California. There's a St. Mary's in Minnesota. Oh, ouch. <laughs> I told you he'd be a player. <laughs> what was life like in 
St. Mary's in California. You grew up in California. So what was it like? Yeah, I grew up in Southern California. Sunny, nice, 75 every day. <laughs> Just like here today. Yeah, uh, and then I went up uh, to Northern California in St. Mary's, and I loved it. I met my wife there, and um, yeah, I, I mean, I really enjoyed my time there. I have my lifelong friends from St. Mary's, and so uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's a place in my heart for sure. So we have an amazing research team here at the Club 400 podcast, and we're looking at statistics and all that kind of thing. And it seems like every other year you had like huge power numbers. One year you'd hit 30 homers, the next year eight, then 30. What's what's up with that? <laughs> Whoa! Well, yeah, I, hey. Yeah, I'll take them. I'll take it. That's fair. Um, so it, it has to do with like people telling you, oh, well, you hit for a low average, but you hit a lot of homers. Can we see like more hits? Like, okay. Well, I'll try to get more hits and not try to like launch the ball every time. So. That's where you get the low homers, but like a higher average. So if you want me to be productive or like just get on base and like stand there on, on first base and what look do you good. Prefer? I mean, I love homers. hitting homers, <laughs> it's especially at Wrigley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's sick. Cause then I get, you know, I get to pop the collar. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. Cause like, yeah, for sure. But sometimes, like, I don't know, there was points in the season where I thought it kind of faded away. Like, ah, the collar thing's, like, done. We traded away, guys. It's probably not a thing anymore. And as soon as I, like, I'm rounding second and I'm going to third, I see the whole dugout just, like, pulling on their necks. I'm like, oh, let's go. Like, we're doing it. <laughs> so, yeah, it was, I mean, it's, like, the coolest thing in the world. Like, yeah, I don't know. I would like to back up to when your, um, your first day that you walked on the field... Wrigley Field, like, what the, what, when you went out there and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm at Wrigley Field. Like so, uh, a little, uh, caveat, as a cub or? Yeah, as a cub, as oh, a cub. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, like, like, you got signed by the Cubs and. Yeah, yeah. You pick, it was May, right? When you brought, got brought up? Yep. yep. Yeah, so. So tell me about your first day entering Wrigley Field and what that meant to you and what. You know, that experience was for you. Uh, it was a typical, like, there we go. Uh, typical early, hello, early season Wrigley game, windy, cold, freezing. You guys know how it is. I'm sure you guys, I'm sure you guys have been to the games. Uh, and I wasn't starting, and I'm, like, sitting on the bench shivering because I'm freezing cold. And then they're like, yeah, you're going to pinch it. I'm like, sweet. I'm freaking freezing, and now I got to go pinch hit. Um, so that was my first experience, but, like, in awe, every time you step out there, the place is going berserk. It's iconic. It's historical. You can feel the love. You feel the passion. I mean, it truly is, like, I think the best place to play. Um, the fans are right on top of you. They know the game. They love the game. They love us. Like, I don't think you get that really anywhere else. Granted, like, I haven't really been a lot of places, but... This place is truly iconic, and it's like it's really something special. And you guys make it all special. You pretty much had your coming out party at Wrigley Field. I mean, you you set the time out. All time home run record as a rookie. 
Are we playing those dongs right now, or has Garrity got something else on? I don't know what that is. Garrity, can you get the dongs on right now? We like dongs here at Club 400. Tell me about, like, um, just the general, you know, all this. Like, I, I don't know about you guys, but, oh, my gosh, that White Sox series. Oh, Patrick Wisdom showed up. I'm like, Patrick, I, home run, home run, home run, home run. That was unbelievable. Tell me about how, what that meant to you. Uh, I, I think the mustache came, uh, came to surface then. <laughs> so, yeah, that was the week when I turned and I said, you know, what better way to do third, like the dirty 30, but like with a dirty stash. So <laughs> I did it. Uh, I made sure that my, my daughters were there like while I was shaving, so I didn't come home to, you know, they've been like, who's a stranger dad? Like mommy walking in the door. Anyways, uh, yeah, so I rocked the stash. I came to the park and everyone's like, whoa, that thing is dirty. And I'm like, what? <laughs> We'll see how it plays out. And then, um, I can't remember, it was like my first at bat, uh, or, yeah, my first at bat, I was off Keiko, and I hit the homer, and everyone was like, holy crap, like the homer, <laughs> like, let's go. And then I got out, and then the next at bat, I hit another homer, and everyone's like, dude, you get, I mean, you have to keep the stash. Like, you're two for three with two homers. A, a cross-town rival, you gotta do it. And so I let it ride the weekend, and it got me two more homers. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and I honestly, if I would have known the stash was that big of a hit, I probably would have came to the party with a stash. But that'd be an ultimate Club 400 first, like shaving of them. <laughs> We pretty much done it all here, so we could add that to the list, right, William? Yeah, my guess is we would have people lining up to actually do the shaving. Actually, you know, we could probably raise some money. I mean, if you're into it. Anyone? Well, we got these high bidders. Can you sell the hairs? We're going to get right to uh, the questions, all right? And I'm going to have Crowley give the first question. because Crowley, I don't know if you know this, because Patrick... Because of the situation going on the last few years, there's no Cubs convention. But this guy has been the first question at most of every Cubs convention events ever. So, Crowley, you get the annual first question. All right, here we go. Patrick, I got to tell you, I'm going to be honest. I was nervous about the free agent signings, and Stuart McVicker told me, Crowley, don't worry, it's going to be all right. And right at the last minute, the Cubs signed Marcus Stroman. Tell me, were you and your teammates texting each other, Frank? I don't know. Who do you text? Were you guys excited, thinking that, that management is backing you up and they're, they're ready to kind of make a run this year? Please, not just. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I swear, I, I don't have any insider trading info. I, pr I promise I don't. Um, but that signing of Marcus Showman, I think, was huge for the club and the direction they want to go. Um, you know, to go alongside with kind of the starters we have Set in stone, you know, Kyle Hendricks, for example. I think it's going to... Wade Miley. Wade Miley as well, yeah. I think it's going to complement them really well. And, I, I mean, Stroman's the guy that you you hate to face. Like, you hate to be on the other side. But you'd love to have him on your team. So I, I think he's going to be a huge asset. I love the tenacity he brings. I love the fire. And I love the competitiveness he brings. And I think it's going to be huge for the Cubs. 
Yeah, and to see the, like the passion he has already, and he hasn't even like stepped on the field yet, that's huge. I mean, that that's just a testament to like the kind of player he is. So, I'm excited just as much as he is excited. Captain Cobble here. I got two quick questions. Who? Who? You say Akuna? Akuna Matata? <laughs> Oh, the Miller Lights, okay. You mean like... Baseball's America's pastime. Baseball. 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 You're listening to Club 400 Podcast, a show about Cubs fans for Cubs fans. Be sure to follow us on social media. We're active on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Snow removal, look to Tovar Snow Professionals. With the largest snow and ice management fleet in the U.S., Tovar delivers zero tolerance commercial sidewalk and parking lot clearing services, even in winter's worst weather conditions. With their 24 hour live office staff, certified meteorologists, and personal service, they are the industry leaders in professional snow removal. To get a free estimate for snow removal on your site, go to TovarSnow.com or call 844 Go Tovar. Tovar Snow Professionals, Chicago's snow plowing leader. Tovar is a proud sponsor of Club. 400. What do we need to sign? More pitching, or what'd you say? Oh, what do I think? Um, <laughs> I mean, how many no comments do I have left? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't get, no, I don't, I don't get paid. I don't get, I don't, I don't have that in my salary. I don't, I don't get paid that. Uh, that's a question for Tom Ricketts next time he's on. Yeah, I'll defer that. All right, I got two questions. One, who's the toughest pitcher you've ever faced? And second, who's your, who's your sidekick? Who's your guy next to you all the time? Best friend, Best friend clubhouse. Uh, okay. So first question was uh, toughest pitcher. Um, I will have to go with the Cy Young winner, uh, Corbin Burns. Fellow Gale, he went to St. Mary's as well. Not at the same time I did. However, I, I just think, like, the stuff he has is elite. Obviously, he won a Cy Young. In our division, you know, right up the road, Milwaukee. He's, he's very good. Yeah, there we go. Stash, stash, stash. Zoom in on that stash. Wow, all right. Oh. I got one. Woo. I'm getting hot up here. Oh no, off Craig. So, hey, a little caveat to that. That's probably one of my favorite homers because I love Craig Kimball. I think he's a tremendous human. Um, we would sit at BP at like shortstop and just chat the entire BP about different things and the fact that I hit a home off him probably a Hall of Famer closer let's get let's be real Hall of Famer like I that's like really cool uh, that's something that I'll like I'll always remember okay anyway second question sidekick from this last year's Cubs team um, I'll give you like three answer I'll give you a couple answers um, so a guy I really enjoyed playing with from the past and this year was uh, Nick Martini, who's a Crystal Lake native. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, awesome clubhouse guy. Everyone wants him in the clubhouse and wants him on the on the field. Another guy is Jock Peterson. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, like, what you see with him is what you get. Kept it loose, kept it fun. Um, always great. I mean, I could go down the list of the guys that are no longer Cubs, and everyone's going to be like, oh, man, yeah. But, I mean, those guys are great. I mean, you walk into that clubhouse, and you felt like you'd been there 10 years. Like, you didn't miss a step with them, and I think that's what carried uh, that team. Like, And I was locker mates with Jason Hayward, and talk about a, a tremendous human being. You would never know that he was a baseball player or his years he's had. He would talk to you just... He was the best person like that I've run across in a long time, just in terms of how he treated you and how he carried himself. You would never know if he had a bad day or a good day. The same person every day, which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I heard Jason Hayward's first class, and uh, Frank Walker Jr., who's not here tonight, but I know a lot of the supervisors are here tonight. Frank, there's a lot of supervisors here at Wrigley Field. Uh, and... Yeah, stand, uh, raise your hand if you work at Wrigley Field, will ya? Wow, right here, right here. Wow. Nice, nice. So I'm not going to lie to you. Nice, nice. The reason why I make friends with the supervisors is so they don't throw me out of Wrigley Field, will ya? <laughs> but I don't, I don't cause trouble. 120, what, my 122 row 7 is my... All right, Patrick, I got a question for you. Actually, okay, shoot. Patrick, over here. Simple yes or no questions. Two easy ones. Did you like the Dr. Cherry shot I gave you? Okay, yes. Yes. And secondly, did Chris Bryant call you after you broke the uh, rookie record? Uh, no. <laughs> but, 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 to be fair, uh, when the Giants came to play us at Wrigley, and he was sitting third, and he said, hey, when, 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 when you break my record, congratulations. It's been awesome. And I was like, hey, thanks, dude. I appreciate it. So. Weeds has got a question. First, I just want to share with you, um, working in the bleachers, I was in the left field bleachers, you hit a bomb there, you literally knocked a guy out of his seat into the floor area, he missed the ball, it comes through, and some little old lady next to me picks it up and goes, thank you. <laughs> so, so cool to see one of your bombs land as far away from me as you are right now. It was, and I'm like, holy shit, I can't even look. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I, I watch the fans to see where the ball's coming, and then I know whether to move this way or that way. And your bomb landed right next to me. It literally knocked the guy out of his seat. That's useful. <laughs> Thanks for the dead mic, Johnny B. Jesus. I need to hire new guys here. We got a live mic. Is there any? We got a question over here. Wizzy, so fun to have you on the Cubs. Um, couple things. First of all, I followed Nick Martini's career while he was in high school. He's just a couple of years. Prairie Ridge, yep. He's a couple of years older than my son, so it's been super cool. Um, number one, are you ever going to appear on the compound? 
podcast. I want to know that because they do talk about you. Uh, Dakota talks about you and Nick Martini and the fun you guys have in the clubhouse. So there's that. But being a 30-year-old rookie is sort of unusual in an MLB. But so knowing what you know now, what, if anything, would you tell your 16-year-old self or your 18-year-old self about being an MLB player? Would you have continued the path? Yeah. Okay. So first. A little philosophical. Sorry. Yeah. No, you're good. Uh, first, first part of your question: Do I want to appear on the compound? Um, yeah, it'd be great if like Hap and Dakota and uh, it's Zach Short, right? If they uh, reached out to me and asked me, uh, I'm a, I'm a hard guy to say no, but uh, yeah. So second part of your question: If there was something I would tell my my 16 year old self, I would say you don't have to be more than who you are. Because I think there's points in our career or games or moments that we come across where you try to be like bigger than you are or like perform higher than you're capable of or you try to hit that eight run home run. You know, you try, you try to come up so big that it's, it's, it's literally impossible. And so you try really hard. And I would say try less, be who you are because that's more than enough. And that's something that I, I, I learned this year. It was like very, uh, like I reminded myself of it this year. It's like every time, <clears throat> every time I struggled, it would be because I was trying to like be more than what I was. And so if you can just be who you are, I think like that's more than enough. And that's what I would tell, go back and like tell myself in the mirror. I was, talking with, I was talking with Todd upstairs from Homewood Bats. Is he, I don't know if he's still here, but. There's Todd in the back. Homewood Bats, everybody. Todd yeah. makes home, Homewood Bats. That's a bat manufacturer that all the major leaguers use. Local bat company. Yeah, local from Illinois. But we had a conversation you're down here, and I'm like, man, you know, Patrick is so down to earth. He's so real. And, like, I mean, you worked your ass off. Like, tell, like the struggles to get to the major leagues, and you finally make it. And look, uh, look at you now. I mean, tell the struggle to get where you've been. I mean, you could have gave up. You could have, you know. Tell us about the struggle to get there. And then, like, honestly, like, last year was such an unbelievable for you. was such an unbelievable for Cub fans just watching you hit all those dongs. Tell us what that meant to you. All the hard work you put in, man. I mean, you put it in. What? mean to you at the end of the year when you went home and when the season ended and you went back to your home like what you felt yeah i, I felt uh, a lot of gratitude a lot of gratitude I quiet was... in the back everybody <laughs> yo i'm talking here <laughs> y'all paid to see me <laughs> yeah I, i'm totally kidding uh but for real no, I would say I was super grateful, super... I had a lot of gratitude towards everything that I'd come across. I, uh, I saw the struggle as, like, a blessing, because, I mean, we all go through struggles, we all go through hardships, we all go through times, and whatever facet of life that may be, mine just happened to be baseball, like, that's my career, that everyone has a different career, and everyone goes through different things. And once you overcome that and you come out on the other side, you're like, damn, like... I came through that. Like, look at me now. Um, so I think it's, like, cool to look back and see, like, the person you've changed into because of those struggles. Like, you, you use those obstacles, those struggles, 
to lift you up and not pull you down. And I think that like my mindset on, in terms of like viewing it and my, 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 my. <laughs> remix. Like you, I think you just need to have a good perspective and a lens on the things. Like, I feel if you bog yourself down with the negatives and the struggles and that mindset, you're always gonna see negative and you're always gonna be bogged down. But if you use it to like push yourself and to light that fire in your belly and to like propel you forward, you're gonna look back and be like, oh, that, like, that really wasn't that bad. And it boosted me to where I am now. And like, so I'm, when I look back on the season, I'm super grateful for all the things I've been through. So this isn't really a question, it's more of a comment. And Stu earlier asked us all to like love everybody and you know all that kind of stuff. And I just want to tell you, I do love you, Stu. <laughs> Stu and I went to spring training and we were sitting there and we saw you playing in spring training. And Stu looked at me and he goes, This guy's not gonna fucking make it. And I go, I go. And I said to him, I said hey. to him, I bet he makes it and he hits 25 homers. I was short. Right, you're I lying. apologize. Okay. I swear I don't to know God. who's lying, you or him. No, I swear to God. That, that had, this conversation, don't. Look Stuart, at how red you're getting. You know Stuart, it. It's okay. He goes, he's not going to make it. So He's not going to make it. All fairness, in my mindset in spring training, I was like, I'm not going to make it. That's I'm said. not going to make it. That's what he said. It's just a comment. Do you have a... I don't, re quite, I don't remember saying that. When I'm at spring training, we have a spring training tent. And we drink a lot before the game, so. I don't even pay attention to the spring training games, William. I don't care about those games. Stu, 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 in all, in all fairness, you're not the first and you're not the last person to tell me I suck. So I, I hear it in the bleachers. I hear it anywhere else, but in the bleachers from visiting teams. Yeah, not the Cubs, the Cubs. Cardinals fans, yeah. They were ruthless one game. Well, I would have not invited Patrick Wisdom hey, out here unless I thought he was. <laughs> hey, but it's awesome because the Cubs fans will get way louder and just start shitting. I'm sorry. Uh, sorry. Start crapping on all the it's other fans. It's a podcast. You can say that. Oh, yeah. Might be they'll, kids, just, but... they'll just start crapping on all the other fans. And they're like, we love you, Wisdom. Like, but, you know, saying all these good things. And all the other fans are like, like, I don't know what to say. Like, oh, this guy actually is cool. Let me just tell you, you're the 40th player to be 45. here. 40-something player to be here. And this event sold out in three hours, which was the quickest of all. So. Thank you. Thank so you everyone much. can eat shit who thought you were going to make it. No, thank you. I mean, that's a testament to the fans. I think it's... Uh, I'm super, like, like I said, gratitude. I'm super grateful for everyone in this room. Like, when I walked down here, I literally didn't expect this. Oh. And that was freaking awesome. That's a follow-up question. We get asked this all the time on the podcast. He called you. You had a conversation. However Stu that went called down. Me? Yeah, well, however that went down. His agent. Okay. Stu didn't call me. Okay, so I didn't even know his name was Stu. All right, so you're, uh, so you're driving here. You had a guy drive. You didn't drive. I know. You had a driver. All right. You're way too fucking cool to drive. You had a driver. 
get a driver. You're driving out here. Shout out Wayne. At what at what point in time did you go? Where am I going? And this is some dude's basement. What, what WTF or? Well, I'll be honest with you, Patrick. I, I uh, greeted Patrick from the car, and th- and I, I said this earlier to Todd from Homewood Bats, right? We've greeted 40 players at the car, right? I just want to tell you this. We had 40 players out there. This guy is the only guy that went up to the driver and said, oh, my God, thank you for driving me. I appreciate I'm like, oh, my God, we're in for a good night. Like, yeah, like, that was awesome, Patrick. And then you yeah. followed it up with, Mom, here's Patrick. Take him up to your bedroom, and let's do that all. Yeah, I was like, wait. You must have been like, I'm fucking leaving. I'm out. Like, dang, dude, pass me up to your mom already? Like, what the True story. So Patrick walks in. I'm like, oh, come on in, Patrick. And he's like, he doesn't know what he's walking into. I literally did not. He thought the party was upstairs. (laughs) He thought we're just hanging out with the family up there. He didn't know. And I was like, no, uh, the party's downstairs. Uh, Don't. I was like, oh, cool. Like, a little, like, family get together. Family Christmas dinner. Sick. (laughs) Thanks. So, yeah, my mom has a, I don't know if you guys know this, my, uh, my mom used to live here before. Uh, she used to live in Tennessee now. Uh, she lives in Del Webb, but she had a room upstairs where um, it's got a lot of autographs up there. So uh, we, brought, we always make a joke, like, coming up to my, Patrick, you got to go up to see my mom's bedroom. <laughs> She's had more Cubs players in her room than probably a lot of people. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. What? No, to sign her wall. All right. Jeez. Guys, go. I'm going to pass the mic around. We're going to take some more questions. questions. Who's got a question? Questions. Hey, so besides Wrigley Field, what's like a stadium that you visit that you like love to walk out onto as well? Okay, that's fair. Outside of the division. <clears throat> no, no, no. Yeah, I mean, it's a beautiful ballpark. I would say uh, probably San Francisco. Yeah. That, I mean, that's that's pretty cool. Like, you, you just, there's a something in the air. You got, you know, the cool breeze off the, off the bay. Yeah, I mean, that's a great ballpark. It's it, It's literally, I mean, it's fantastic. All right. Were you able to finish your answer to their question as far as when you were driving here, where did you think you were going? Oh, yeah. Like, I, yeah, I was asking Wayne the same thing. I'm like, yo, you know where we're going? And he's like, yeah, it's in my GPS. I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> True story. You guys probably saw it. He pulled into the house next door. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I think this is it. it went to, he's like, oh, hold on, let me go to the door. Goes to the door. And rings the door, they don't answer, and he comes back. I'm like, he's like, did they answer? He's like, no, they didn't. He's like, I don't know if we're at the right house. And we back out, and then we go, like, we pull up next like next door, and Stu, and you were outside, right? And they were just outside with their garage open. I'm like, I think this is it. He's like, you know, he's like, yeah, this is it, this is it. But no, honestly, I had no idea. I literally did not expect this. I was kind of telling some people when I was signing, I thought this was going to be like a townhome-style house by Wrigley, small basement. I've only seen pictures, so like pictures didn't really do it justice like in the grand scheme of things. 
Um, so I was like, oh, it's going to be like small, little quaint thing. Cool. And then I walk inside to the house. I'm like, oh, yeah, just what I expected. Cool. Ten people. Awesome. And then I come down. He's like, nah, we go downstairs. I'm like, oh, snap. <laughs> like, this is, this is awesome. Yeah. What a, what a cool surprise. Patrick, I hate to have to go here, but um, obviously there's a lockout going on. What concerns have you heard from Ian Happ, your player rep and stuff? Where are you guys kind of standing? Because we want you guys to play. Uh, what do you feel is going to happen? When do you think the season's going to start? So what I want to happen is I want to play. Uh, when I think we'll start, I think we'll start on time. And I say that based on the fact that uh, both sides didn't like the shortened season of the COVID year. And we saw like the ramifications financially from that. So I think we all want to start on time and what that looks like to get there, I don't know. Like, I wish I knew, because I wish I could help them like actually talk. I wish both sides could just talk and like figure it out. That's where I stand. Um, well, yeah, I mean, you have billionaires arguing um, over money and then you have players arguing over what, they, what they're valued and I mean, which is, which is fair on both, both accounts. But I think at the end of the day, we all want to play because we love playing in front of the fans, and I think, like, the fans make it. They ultimately make it, like, make it enjoyable. So at the end of the day, I want to play. We have any questions oh, question in the back? More questions. Come on, don't be shy. I don't want to go to bed yet. Patrick. Do you have a book overdue at the library? Ah. What the punchline is like. You got uh, it. Because uh, you are so fine or something? Because you got fine written all over you. Oh, dang. I looked at our ticket sales, and we have, like, the most females that ever showed up to a Club 400 party ever, dude. Crazy. They weren't showed up for me and you, William. I promise you that. <laughs> Patrick, um, in the locker room, who is your locker next to, and how do you guys get assigned, or do you pick your lockers? Um, so when I first got called up in 2020 for those two days, my locker was in the hallway because of, of COVID, COVID, so they spread everybody out. Um, but I was the only one in the hallway. So I was very social distance. Yeah, um, and then this year I came in and uh, I was uh, next to uh, Adbert, so Alzale, and then um, to my left was um, uh, Brad Wick, the lefty pitcher. And then I got promoted again. <laughs> Once like a lot of changes started happening, and then I, I switched lockers and I was next to uh, Hayward and then when we made the trade with Kimbrel, I was next to Cody Hewer. Yeah. So, so I think if you have like multiple commas in your paycheck, you get to like pick your locker. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, no, I, I think like, you know, seniority kind of, you know how it all works. Uh, seniority, you get picking of certain lockers and me, I was just happy to be in there and have my have a nameplate and so yeah it was uh yeah it's really cool um with covid it's like it's a little spread out i think it's not how it's supposed to be but 
Um, that clubhouse is super cool. I guess they, they redid it a couple, like in 17? Yeah, it, it's amazing. It's true. It truly is super cool. Yeah, I mean, the visiting side was a shoebox. What's your... Uh, a small shoebox. What's your favorite food and restaurant? Chicago restaurant? Loa's? Uh, my favorite food is probably Italian food. Um, yeah, I, I love Italian food. Restaurant? No, it's gonna be this, it's not Italian. It's this uh, restaurant in Jupiter, Florida called Food Shack. Small little place, but it has really good food. Fresh fish every day. This place is called Club 400 because I love baseball and music. So if you're driving down the street, right, and you're jamming some tunes, who you listen? Oh. What do you think of the beer, by the way? It's really good. <laughs> really good. Really smooth to drink. Refreshing. Hey, oh! Did you say that over and say Club 400 Lager is a refreshing beer? It's a beer for all nine innings. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's the tagline for the beer. A beer made for all nine innings. We wanted a beer that you could pound, do six or seven of them during a ball game. You know. Every nine innings, that's all nine innings. That's nine beers. Well, we, we, we don't mind going to extra innings either here. Extras. And we're going to extra innings tonight, huh? Yeah. All right, we'll take a couple more questions. Who, who? Hey, Patrick. Oh, yeah. Hey. This guy's John Evans from Indiana, right here. You know, a hey, uh, best prank or practical joke that you know of or have been a part of. That's, that's, uh, I don't, I don't know where to go. I don't know the direction to go with this. So. Yeah, yeah. Oh, really? What, what's in Club 400 stays at Club 400? Yeah. Doubt it. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, uh, so I've heard stories of uh, Greg Maddox. Yeah, uh, so I heard stories that, like, he... No, I've heard that he used to uh, go to the bathroom and then, like, use uh, the socks to, uh, you know, and then pull them, you know, inside out or, you know, right side in. And then, uh, you know, put them in the lockers of other players to use. So this is just word of mouth. It's, I don't know if it's true, what I've heard. Yeah, so if you, ch you got to check your sanitary socks just to make sure. Uh, and then another one, I also heard that um, when I was with the Cardinals, they, they drove out one of the players' cars uh, into center field right before batting practice. Yeah, that was a good one. But there's also like, I've heard, uh, I've seen like uh, rookies. I was a rookie too, um, but I was always a cool guy. <laughs> the nice guy, Not, let me rephrase that, nice guy. Uh, if you weren't so nice, you'd get like your cleats shoved in the freezer or like your uh, underwear in the freezer and you wouldn't know where they go and then they come back in your locker completely frozen. 
Do I miss toasted ravioli? I love toasted ravioli. What yeah. listen All right, I asked the question, what music does he listen to and what are you binge watching right now? Okay, uh, first question, who do I listen to? <laughs> so, on my Spotify, I have, uh, I'm gonna say, uh, I'm gonna have pretty much every genre. I have rap, like new age rap, I have old age rap, I got hardcore, if you guys wanna call it screamo, call it screamo, but it's hardcore. I got Metallica, ACDC stuff, I got classic rock, I got jazz, I got Irish music, I got my daughter's music, so you know, the, if you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. All that kind of stuff, yeah. Yeah, so I, I got kind of all the genres covered. Um, and then what am I binge watching? Uh, it, might, it, might, it might take you by surprise, but it's called The Great British Breaking Show on Netflix. Yeah, one of my all-time, one of my wife's and all-time favorite shows. Ozarks was good, Yellowstone's good. So my all-time favorite show ever, 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 ever is uh, Peaky Blinders. I don't know if you guys know. Yeah. Yeah, I've watched it three times. Thomas Shelby's my favorite character of all time. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, it, that's fine. I like him more than me too. Modern Day Romeos are up next. We're gonna take a couple more questions. Eddie, you have a question, Eddie. No. Aramis, come on, buddy. Come on, Aramis. You can do this. So, hey. He, he's not going to ask, but what advice do you have to all the youngsters in here? Um, Aramis plays travel ball, watches baseball 24-7, watches Cubs 24-7. What, what advice do you have for them? Uh, keep, keep going. Like, keep playing. If you're having fun, keep doing it. Like, that's the ultimate thing is the fun factor. If you're not having fun doing it, and I think that's kind of all facets of life. Like, if you're not enjoying what you're doing, then you should probably stop doing it. Like, go find something you enjoy. So if you enjoy baseball, keep going. Keep going with it. Don't, don't let anyone tell you, like, stop doing it. If you're having fun with it, keep going. Like, why are you going to listen to somebody say, like, I'm enjoying it, and you're going to listen to somebody say, Hey, you shouldn't enjoy that. Okay, yeah, you're right. I'm not going to enjoy it. Nah. Go kick rocks, dude. I'm going to enjoy this. I'm going to keep going. And Aramis, keep wearing the glasses, because I know you hit like 300 last year. You'll probably hit 400 with the glasses now. You can see the ball. Keep wearing the glasses. Hey, what's your favorite baseball movie? Uh, uh, my favorite baseball movie would have to be um, 61. Yeah, I think I think it shed a light into like kind of the behind the scenes stuff that a lot of players go through and like the added like attention, like you know what what uh, like Lou Gehrig and Mickey Mantle went through and. Roger, or I mean, sorry, Roger Maris. What Roger Maris and Mickey Mantle went through. Like, they're just average Joes just trying to play a game, and, you know, they get put in this limelight, and 
I, th I, th I think that movie kind of explained a lot of things really well. Of all the ballparks that you visit, which has the least fans? You know, Wrigley Field is always crowded. Who, who, what's the least fans of all the ballparks? <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't know. Is this gonna give me like flack? Nah, I probably won't. I would say when at the end of the year when we were in Pittsburgh, it was pretty empty. Yeah, Pittsburgh, beautiful ballpark, beautiful scenery. But man, they had like 200 fans there. Yeah, it was empty. All right, we're gonna take two more questions and we're gonna do two live auctions after that. Hey, whoa. Hey, Patrick, so do you do any impressions or have any fun accents that you do? No, no, okay. Nicole always puts everybody on the spot. By the way, Nicole is driving Patrick home tonight. She's kind of a slow driver. I'm not going to lie. I stopped driving with her. She's kind of like an old maid driving home. You might make it home by like 2 o'clock tonight, Patrick. <laughs> All right. Who's got any more questions? We're gonna, uh, oh, we got a question over there. Santa Claus, Mrs. Claus has got a question. How was it coming into Wrigley this year? Like, after everything, like, they've been, like, a dynasty team for a minute. How was it? Like, what was the vibe there? For a hot minute. Yeah. Uh, so, coming into Wrigley with the, uh, the core group of, like, yeah, the World Series core, um, it was pretty special, honestly, but they, I think I, I, I said it earlier, but they made you feel so welcoming, like, that you were a part of the team forever. Um, guys like Rizzo and Baez and KB, I mean, Wilson, Hendricks, like, all these guys, and I'm sure I'm leaving out a bunch, but they made you feel so welcomed, like, and you never left, and you were always there, and I really admired that, and I think it kind of eased that transition of coming in, and I think it helped everyone that came to the, to the team play really well. Babe, don't make a sound. 2 a.m. love, gotta keep it down. Don't wait around for a signal now. Give me some verb, I ain't talking now. You wanna ride in the six? You wanna dine in the six? But when I lean for the kiss, you said I'll probably send you some bits. And I'm like, hell no, nah, been waiting too long. Hell no, nah, I want that cruel love. Hell no, nah, been waiting too long. Hell no. Nah, I want that cruel love Body on my Losing all my innocence Yeah, body on my 